Pele leaned in and said something to Freddie. Don't let them change you. Keep working on what makes you different and what makes you special. It was great advice, but it caused me some problems. But what could change Freddie do? Soccer is going to explode and it's going to be around this kid. We were the Beatles. Everywhere we went, it was the Freddie show. And with that came the expectation and with that came the pressure. New episodes of American Prodigy dropped Tuesdays from Blue Wire Podcasts. Blue Wire. Three on the way! Yes! Paul George nails it! For the win! All right, Dunks and Discourse, episode 64. Uh, Jabari, man, Jabari sent me some homework. He wanted me to find my five favorite things that I watched this year in the world of television movies. Uh, we're going to get to that at the, the back half of the podcast. And uh, I'll just I'll just tease, it was a struggle, man, for um, as much television as I watched, Jabari. I, I can't lie to you. Coming up with a list of 12 or 15 to then lower it to five was uh, – it was a battle. It was a bit of a battle. Yeah, I mean if you if you consider – the two of us, we watch a ton of stuff in general, but especially this year. You know, this year, I, I, I probably increased whatever my screen time would have been. I probably really doubled it, and that's saying this, a lot. I thought the same thing. I was like, man, I watched – I definitely watched more TV this year than I did last year. Mm-hmm. But it, it was also – I just – like I was thinking back on it. Like I rewatched All of Friends. I rewatched mm-hmm. all of The Office. I rewatched all of Parks and Rec. It was the year of like, the, oh yeah, I saw that. this was good. Like, and and you watched that with your partner, and there was not a whole lot of, uh, oh, can't wait to see this. Um, so yeah, we'll get we'll get to that in the back half of the episode. We're gonna go around the league. Uh, we're gonna test uh, Jabari's personnel trivia <laughs> skills. See if he can do better than O of Five Chuck. Um, Jabari, how's it going, man? Not bad, not bad. You know, we're here. The holidays have finally passed us. We got New Year's. Of course, Happy New Year's to everybody out there by the time they listen to this or, you know, just about. Uh, I, I'm, I'm ready for 2021. I realize it's just roll over, rolling the calendar over, but for whatever reason, I want a new year just to start. I'm done with 2020. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm not against the change. <laughs> I'm, I'm, although, like, did you see, and I mean... I hate to lead with this, but like Kevin okay. Garnett was posting some, uh, he's posting some anti-vaccine materials on oh. his Instagram. Did you happen to see this? I did not see it. I did not. See <laughs> and he was just like, and man, it was <laughs> like, like people were clowning him on the timeline. So I went to watch the video, and anyone who's anti-vax on the timeline is going to get clowned. I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just a blip. But you know what he had shared was a video of a nurse who was like. Who claims she got the vaccine? Like I never know what's real and it's not real with the internet anymore, man. Too, that's the mm-hmm. confusing thing. Like anyone can share an Instagram video, but KG's telling people to do the research, and this nurse is like crying, and her face is kind of blown up, and she's like, "I got the vaccine three days ago. I felt fine, but now I can't move my face." And like as she's crying, her lips and like cheeks aren't moving. And I'm like, "God damn, this is just scaring me." Like I just, I'm just, I'm just like, you know, like I'm gonna have to get it. We're all gonna have to get it. I, I don't want to be scared by KG's Instagram videos, man. Bro, like the, honestly, when I hear this stuff, it scares the hell out of me. It, you know, admittedly, I'm getting it this Sunday. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm sitting here like, God dang it, Josh. Thanks, man. <laughs> well, it's it's no, funny because no, like all of my friends are you know 
pretty well educated progressive people for the most part mm-hmm. and uh they're all like you know what just stop being a baby and just get your needle and i'm like okay and then i got my dad who's like captain anti-vax and i'm like oh boy so I'm always like, I'm going to listen to the, the smart professionals, but unfortunately I had someone putting ideas in my mind from a very young age. So then I, I was like ready to just laugh at KG being silly, and I watched this video. I was like, oh, no, man, now I'm scared. I shouldn't have watched this video. <laughs> don't, so, the, so that's the trick. Don't, don't, just, just don't watch the video and you're safe. Yeah. No, I mean, that's how it's got to be. Sometimes, man, when things are like – my rule of thumb, too, is if you're not an expert on the issue, trust the experts, right? Like Yes. E- yeah. Even if you're wrong. You couldn't like, figure it out on your own. I put like, it to you like this: I figure a scientist knows more than what I know, and I yes. figure a scientist knows more than what like you know someone on social media says. And 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 that's not you know since we're going here, that's not to dissuade anybody from having a, you know having an, an ulterior or an, you know an alternate op- you know opinion. If that's your you know, if that's you, that's you. But when it comes to these particular thing and this particular thing, you know, I, I'm going to listen to the scientist and hope yeah. for the best. And I'm going to make my peace with it because you know. I'm not going to be able to come to a more um, clear evidence point or outcome. So that is what it is. But, yeah, Kevin Garnett, just add that to the reasons why Dirk is better. Um, (laughs) Speaking of power forwards, who should play center? Um, We were talking about Los Angeles Lakers star Anthony Davis last week, and we had a little bit of a a tit and tat, as we always do. I I think it's funny because there are people who, like, legitimately hate him Mm-hmm. I don't legitimately hate him. It's just a fun bit with you. I know. But I, but I am tickled. I am greatly tickled by the on-off numbers being as ugly as they are through his three games. And I'm even I'm even more tickled by the fact that like the guy who's the Vegas favorite for Defensive Player of the Year has mm-hmm. not blocked a shot yet this season. Yeah. <laughs> like, can 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 we like rather than just have like this really petty fight that we are that we're in for? Can you can you just concede that Anthony Davis has not put on his his best tightest sneakers yet this year? Yeah, I don't think anybody on the Lakers has outside of like Dennis Schroeder, like straight up. Like they they look like a team that is going to take these first two or three weeks to just figure things out, get the, get you know get folks you know in the proper shape, get in the, in the proper condition that they need to be. So. I want to keep the bit up, but there's really nothing to keep up. He hasn't looked great because he's three yeah. games in and he's got a sore calf. He, he's he's looked very mid through four games, and sim- and similar to the Steph Curry dialogue, like I'm I'm not running with like he's washed, he's lost a step. All I'm saying is through the three games that I've watched Anthony Davis play so far this year, he's looked very mediocre, and the engagement hasn't been there. And I will throw. Uh, you mentioned Schroeder, who has been really good, I think, for the most part. But but Trez. Montrez Harrell has been pretty solid for the Lakers. Yeah. I thought you were going to go the other way with that. I was like, really? You're going you're even gonna, you're gonna to dunk on him, too? I mean, oh. look, the defensive numbers don't look great. Um, but, again, it's three games in. Like, I, did, did, I'm not... I'm not going to poo-poo numbers because, of course, they're important. But I'm also not going to jump out, you know, jump out the window because three games in, it doesn't look great. You know, like you were throwing. Think about it. You were throwing those numbers at me all year, all all season last year, and it worked out okay. So that, gonna, that, I mean, and, right. and and to your point, that's true. Like I, I I will eat crow and say like when it mattered, Anthony Davis figured it out. If you'll mm-hmm. just admit that like. The effort isn't consistent every night, and that the numbers can be puzzling, given how talented he is. But I've al- I've already acknowledged that the effort is not there. I, I even said, you know, one out. Of, I said one out of five. You tried to move it up to one out of three. That's not accurate. Um, but yeah, every every fifth or so game, it seems to be a, a, a questionable one. I can't really call that. 
I don't know. We have the same last name, but we're not kin. And again, I see I see stuff. I see critiques of Anthony Davis's game. Like he should be shooting eight threes a night. No, he shouldn't, man. Like he should be doing this. He should be posting up eight times. No, like Anthony Davis does not have one individual skill that is far and away his best skill. And I like again, it's it's internet discourse. But like, if Anthony Davis um, has I don't know Naz Reed on him. Mm-hmm. And and he can post him up twenty times a game or whatever whoever it is, then then post him up twenty times a game because you can, right? Yeah. If you have who who do the Lakers have tonight? San Antonio with Lamarcus Aldridge. Mm-hmm. So if he has Jakob Pertl and Jakob Pertl has no chance to chase him, you know, outside of the the key, then take him off the jumper or take him off the dribble. Like Anthony Davis is talented enough to mix it up. I don't know what people want from him consistently. My thing, my critique is like. I just want to see you beat the shit out of whoever you're up against every night because I know you can. Yeah, I, I, I'm not going to lie to you. And this isn't just an excuse. The way that he's moving makes me actually believe that it, there is something wrong with this calf because it's not like he's limping. He's just not going. He's not getting it. You know what I mean? He's, it's it's like 75% speed. And it's not like the Lakers would sit there and just accept that if they feel like if it was just him dogging it. So if he's still like if, if this is an issue 30 games in. Hey, I'll be the first to admit, yeah, we got a problem. He, even though they proved it last year, and, 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 he, and he showed that he can do it when, you know, when he needs to. If it lasts another week or so, and then, and then it just slowly dissipates, and then we see the normal one, I'll figure the, the normal AD. I'll figure that you know, I'll chalk it up to he was a little bit slowed, and, and whether it was conditioning or simply you know uh, having a little a little nagging injury, it's okay. Yeah, fair enough, and it, I hope that he's not hurt. Like honestly, I do. Yeah. I just think well, like. His his motor at time is puzzling, and maybe that's because his body's been so beat up, and he's had a hard time staying healthy his whole career. But um, but let's move from AD and let's go to Curry. All right. Where are you at on Steph Curry on his start? I think after you know the first few games and people really flipping the switch, most people are coming around to the fact that Steph is still probably mostly Steph, and that the team's not great. But are you a little bit more worried than that? No, I remember when we discussed it last week, I said, I think Steph's going to have a lot of 30 to 35-point nights, but the team's going to stink. And this is exactly what I saw. Like, the, I, it's good it, you know, good for Warriors fans. They won those two games against, like, the other worst teams in the league, and that's great. I'm not going to take anything away, even if I'm going to throw a little bit of shade along the way. Uh, Steph is, you know, Steph is still going to be Steph. I just worry, you know, the nights where, honestly, where Wiggins is, it, it doesn't have it and Oubre don't have it, I just worry that, He's just going to get beat up all, you know, over the course of the year because guys will, will eventually, while yes, he has the he has the ability to give you thirty five, you know, thirty to thirty five a night. Eventually, guys are going to say, "Well, let's just beat him up and let make those other guys beat us." Yeah, and like, I can't take away much from anything. Like, I've known for some time, like AD's at his best when he has someone maximizing him, right? Like, we mm-hmm. we know how he plays his best. Yep. Like Steph, he hasn't had Draymond Green out there. And Wiggins and Oubre were so absolutely terrible the first couple games. There was no way, like it was going to balance out. Yeah. So you can't. It's it's tough to get a read where we've we've had essentially no taste. Like I looked, I did look today when I was doing all of the, all of the looks at everybody in the net ratings and who they played best with. Mm-hmm. Like Andrew Wiggins, the Warriors are a better team statistically right now when Andrew Wiggins is on the floor and Steph Curry is off the floor. Than they are with when they are together, like, which is just proof that like some of the early season samples are just you can just totally throw them out with the bathwater. Um, 
but yeah. but man, like that that is just a telling. That's just how ugly the, the Warriors start has been in a lot of ways. It, it absolutely is, and that right there is why that conversation is over. The fact that the fact that the numbers say that Wigan you know, the team is better when he's on the court. You know what? To, to Wiggins' credit, though, he had a really good game yesterday. Absolutely. And like I, I mean, going five of eight for three from Andrew Wiggins is not going to happen often. I think it was only the fifth time in his career he's hit five threes. And he was hitting like step back threes mm-hmm. in the fourth quarter with Steph watching the bench. So like those nights are not going to be often. But he's also not going to shoot like four of 16 that often either. Like he's not that bad. Yeah, so, no, it, it'll be somewhere in the middle. And, yeah. and, and, and you know, just to be clear, and I know, you know, obviously you know this, but for the audience to say, I don't hate Andrew Wiggins because like, I realize I've been dogging him the last couple of weeks or, like, you know, kind of just speaking honestly about him. Um, I I want Warriors fans that were praying that they didn't, you know, they were acting like they knew. They were praying that he would turn it around or at least find some sort of progress, you know, with this group. I would love for that to be the case. I just have to wait. I'm just going to wait and see because, again, I, I I was chilling on Wiggins Island for years. Now we're in year seven. You got to show me. I want to have this conversation because I don't. Like people aren't responsible enough to have it on Twitter, mm-hmm. and and Houston fans have been like just loving the Warriors' struggles, and they're trying to make you know false equivalencies with current Steph not being able to carry a bad team and etc. <laughs> Do you think that 2016 Steph? raises your floor to the same degree that, you know, James Harden has the last few years. Yes. I think 2016 Steph is, is the, you know, was the best that we're going to, you know, that we'll ever see from him, obviously. And I think it's unrealistic, and I know that you're not expecting it, but I think it's unrealistic for folks that are like, hey, well, you know, why can't he? It's like, well, I mean, he's 31, 32 years old. He's coming off of a, a year a year away from the game, essentially. Uh, he like you, like you mentioned earlier, he doesn't have his big dog in Draymond. He doesn't have his... Safety net in in Clay, uh, you know. It, 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 there's a lot of change on this team. I I I think he's still very good, but I, I I would I don't anticipate him ever reaching that you know that that level again. Yeah, and like I people always talk about someone losing a step, like they've fallen off a cliff, right? Like Steph mm-hmm. losing a step just puts him into the Damian Lillard conversation. LeBron James losing five steps just puts him up near like prime Jason Kidd. Um, Steph's definitely lost a step. Yeah. We're not gonna we're not gonna see 2016 Steph Curry, but the idea that like current Steph Curry and and who Curry was, you know, five years ago when he convinced everybody that he was the first ever unanimous MVP and his team broke the wins record are not the same guy. So I, I think that argument's gotten really dumb. If you wanted to make the argument that Steph's durability is not the same as Harden, and you worried about him, you know, that being able to take the physical the physical toll over that three, four seasons that you know Harden has just bumped and grinded, fine, sure, but like, mm-hmm. I, I, I do not like the revisionist history on a guy at thirty three. And I mean, I looked at like Iverson at thirty three was on the Pistons; he had nothing left in the tank. Isaiah Thomas was retired. Gilbert mm-hmm. Arenas was done. Like mm-hmm. small guards who aren't super physical don't don't last in the league, man. Especially, I mean, especially not, not fifteen years. Yeah, especially ones that have had like the injury history that he had, you know, not just early on, but kind of throughout. Yeah, so like the fact that like Steph is still going to be good enough to be on an All NBA ballot this year is is a win, right? I mean, yeah, and it's also the reason I think the Warriors shouldn't go crazy. Like, don't don't flip James Wiseman at the deadline for, I don't know, whoever. You know what I mean? Like, unless you're getting James Harden or Bradley Beal or someone that you're sure. You're absolutely positive it's going to flip you into title contention right away with what you have. 
don't don't be flipping James Wiseman in that Timberwolves pick and getting crazy because I think you'll regret it. And I really do think like Steph could go the Tim. Du- I really like the idea of Steph going the Tim Duncan route, where he's I- like a borderline All Star on a Warriors team that's contending again in two or, two or three years, but it's no longer his team. But he's still part of that rather than you know throw all your chips in and miss. So let me ask this: If Harden's on the table right now, between now and 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 the deadline, do you make the deal if it includes Wiseman and obviously you know the pick? They have to give Wiseman. They have to give that pick, and then the matching salary would be what, like Wiggins? Probably Wiggins. Yeah, if that's let me just really check that in the in the quickly check that in the trading machine to see how much more they'd have to add. But like, I'm very intrigued by what that would look like. I can't lie. Yeah. And Wiggins and Wiseman does work salary wise. I'm intrigued on what that would look like, but at the same time, I, d- I don't think I want to do it. So the only trouble that I have is that I like James Wiseman, and I think they made the I think they made the right pick, and I think he I think he's going to be good. But that's an alt you know that that's a completely different timeline. You know what I mean? Like if like if the idea is to okay circle back in a year when you know Draymond is hopefully you know you still there or if he's still there, but you know Clay's back in the mix. I, you know he's going to be a year older, and <laughs> I, like I, look, this isn't to this isn't to signal doom and gloom. But I really do believe that the Warriors, if they aren't already, th- I, well, for one, I think they are thinking about it. I think they are thinking about like you know their options when it comes to that. And 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 I and I really wouldn't be surprised to see them, like over the next couple of weeks, that conversation be started. But, be, it, yeah. but to your point, you're 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 right. I would like to see Steph go ahead and and, and stick around and 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 also be able to you know watch Wiseman develop there. I just don't think we're going to be able to. What's wild is that we would be talking about $140 million between Curry, Thompson, Harden, and Green. Jesus. And, and I have no idea what Clay's going to look like after two years off. And I like John Wall set to play tomorrow. Uh, this podcast probably in your, be in your feeds Thursday morning. John Wall is going to play Thursday night for the first time in over two years. Like I, I want to watch Wall, but I have no idea what to expect. And like that's kind of where I'm going to be with Clay next year, where – yeah, it, it it's tough to just yeah he's a shooter and he doesn't rely a ton on the jump out of gym athleticism or crazy foot speed, but that guy is one of the leaders in like I don't know what they count on NBA stats, but like miles ran every year, like he's heavily reliant on on moving all the time and like it's not just like he stands and shoots, you know what I mean? Like I think no, you're, no, you're right. That's why that that's honestly why they should be looking to make this deal, like rather than waiting around. But man, it's just tough. like you're Jim. There's no chance that James Wiseman is ever anywhere near as talented as James Harden is. But I know it, it, yeah. it, it, it's the mystery box, and it, and not only that, you got to peek inside the box, and it looks real shiny. So I I get not wanting to do it, and I understand Warriors fans that are listening to this are probably going to say, "Go to hell!" You know, we don't need to do that. And then some might, you know, some might agree. I think I think I they want him. I think oh. I think Warriors fans want him. I think they're not okay. accustomed to losing. You know, they they were Lakers fans before this. Now they're Warriors fans. They've never been on a team that's not done You don't think well. there were any Kings fans? Yeah, you don't, no, you don't think any of them were Kings fans? <laughs> <laughs> any, anyone who ever stated they were a Kings fan never switched. The the, the 77 of them have, have always been Kings fans because you don't tell people that. There was there was no wow. there was no when they were getting rigged out of a potential run at a title was their peak. Their Thanks. peak their peak moment is a conspiracy theory. It really is. And all all my friends that are Kings fans, that's the first thing they still bring up. And I want to tell them, bro, if I let go of the tuck rule, you need to let it go. But hey, 
but, but you know, God bless. The other thing is like two years of Harden versus like I could have eight years of James Wiseman and possibly seven, eight years of Jalen Suggs and Kate Cunningham, who all the draft guys love. Like mm-hmm. it's tough, man. I, I think I would rather just see what I got and maybe add those two young guys to Steph Clay and Draymond in the next couple of years. But if they I would understand them making the deal for Harden. Yeah, like like when I say this, I'm not being sentimental, which a lot oftentimes I am being on this show. I'm you know it just being like you know straight business. No, they should probably go ahead and make that deal because even when those guys return, while yes, it'll be exciting, and yes, even like so, say Clay is eighty percent of what he want or what he was at his best. That's not enough. With without looking right now, do you know who the number one team in the NBA is? Uh, let's see. Probably the Orlando Magic, and shout out to John Galarian. The, the Orlando Magic, who we were very disrespectful to last week. Yep. Um, Mark Fultz is averaging 18 points a game. He's still not shooting incredibly well. Mm-hmm. They're 4-0. and Does any part of you believe that this is something? Okay, I'm going to give this to Magic fans. Well, no, I'm going to give this to our buddy rather than the Magic fans that I'm sure <laughs> will start giving us a hard time, especially if they get up to somewhere, you know, 8-0 or something like that. I think in the East, and if they stay healthy, and no, I don't know, man. You know, it's still early. <laughs> it's still early. I don't. I, I. I. I want to caution folks that are super excited, like Knicks fans are super excited right now. It's like, guys, remember, short turnaround. Nobody was really ready. A lot of folks are still, you know, we're, we're getting their rosters in order the day before the season started. That's the reason why we're seeing so many of these uneven games and so many of these blowouts and some of these like uncharacteristic games I got out of some of the better teams in my estimation. So I'd like to I'd like to see it I you know I'd like to see it for another few weeks before I, I start to crown them. But hey, shout out to you Magic fans. Be happy about this right now. You probably need to. Yeah, like I, I'm not trying to crown them or anything, but like mm-hmm. I had them out of the playoffs and and that was probably that was probably like optimistic in me being like, man, I just Markel Fultz and Nikola Vucevic are not guys that I want to watch every night. And oh. I'm always hoping that Aaron Gordon's going to get traded. So maybe I'm just discounting. But, like, Evan Fournier is, like, the least sexy but most consistent shooting guard in the entire NBA. Mm-hmm. Like, he goes out. He shoots a respectable percentage from three. He gets his 16 to 20 points. He, he packs it up. Like, Nikola Vucevic is the exact same as center. Like, he's not going to go for 40 and 15. He's not going to tweet something spicy, you know, but he's he's going to go and he's going to get 20 and 10 every night. And I feel like now that Fultz is playing a little bit better basketball, um, you know, Cole Anthony has looked good there as a rookie. I think I discounted them some Magic fans. Like, good for you. Dwayne Bacon is playing some meaningful, meaningful minutes. Another guy who I was like, Come on, man. I'm not Who trying to watch this? Dwayne yeah. Bacon start. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but good good for you guys, man. Like, I think I discounted them. I think the Magic will be in the playoffs. So, well, if they get go. there, congratulations. But, you know. My I, very early victory lap on the Hawks being good is is now coming as well. Um, <laughs> I, I, I kept receipts, man. I, I'm, I'm, rarely, I'm rarely that petty. I made a folder on my desktop. No. I named it Receipts. No. And I yeah. And I took some photos of of fellow Canadians who were telling me I didn't belong to the country and that I should kill myself oh. and that um that I'm a disgrace and I should burn my passport. I'm trying to look I'll, I'll click them. I'll look through them. I'll, maybe I'll send them to you. Yes, but it was mostly do. Canadians telling me that I was an asshole because I had the Hawks higher. I had I think I had the Hawks 6 and I had the Raptors 7th mm-hmm. in my prediction. 
Um, and they were really upset about that. And you know what? The Hawks have started quite well. Surprise, surprise, despite injuries the, mm-hmm. to Capella and Gallinari, they, they look deep. They're 3-0, and playing the Nets right now in what looks to be a very good game. Um, you know what? I, I'm sorry. The, the Hawks are better than you think. And this idea, oh, their defense is going to suck. Uh, well, you know, their defense has been average so far. So um, an average defense will work to get you into the playoffs, man. People just, you know, they, they look at Trey and they go like, oh, okay, that means the defense is going to suck. Like, like, like guards haven't been protected for years. You know what I'm saying? Like, like a, a supreme scoring guard can't be. You know, you can't find a way to you know scheme and protect him in a defense. Look, Atlanta is good. People can people can say what they want. That's a playoff team. Uh, and not only that, we we both might have been a little bit soft on them. The Raptors, on the other hand, some of the things that I was worried about with them are kind of coming to fruition. Like, how are they going to make the how how were the, how was that roster going to adjust to all of a sudden you know you know not having their vet you know their vet bigs. That it, you know, that that seems to have has you know kind of rendered his head. Well, I mean, there's a couple things here too, right? Like, you look every year. I'm looking at teams who are going to improve. I look at teams who added veterans that are going to play meaningful minutes. And so, yeah, Bogdanovich and Gallinari, but also Capella, who's you know getting some actual time with the team. Mm-hmm. And I look at guys who have a lot of young, you know, lottery high end first round picks who have been you know, putting in the work and are heading towards you know their first big contract. And they have a lot of those guys too. I'm like, and then of course, yeah, they have Trey Young, who's a scale breaker on offense. So I, I was surprised that so many people were like really anti Hawks who, who thought that somehow like because Trey's not a good defender, the team would be bad. Like we haven't watched teams with Steph Curry, Kyrie Irving, and Tony Parker win championships. Oh, you could call names you know. out. See, I made the reference. You called the names <laughs> out. I like that. Man, I, I, in 2016, there was a, I think it was game four, I watched Kyrie Irving get targeted on defense seven times in a row, mm-hmm. and they went for points six times, and then the Cavaliers won that championship. Like, give me a break, man. Yeah. Like, you can hide a point guard on defense. It's not ideal. It's It makes things tougher in the playoffs. You know, Steph Curry is at his, you know, defensive peak was probably a much better player on defense than Trey Young. I'm not saying they're the exact the same, but mm-hmm. you can figure some things out, man. Yeah. Like... I don't know. And and so the Raptors, too. Did you see the stat that I threw up this morning? I, I missed it. What happened with them? About the free throws? No. I didn't the see. Raptors are averaging 13.4 free throw attempts a game. Jesus. Which would be the lowest on record. Okay. I would it would imagine, be... Go ahead. I would imagine there's there, there are players that are close to that. Trey's at, Trey's at 15 free throws a game right now. Jesus. Okay. There yeah. So... I had to look. I, I like went to my filters and basketball references. Like, okay, have any has any other team ever had a season under fourteen? No. Has any other team ever had a season under fifteen? No. Has any other team ever had a season under sixteen? No. It was like sixteen point seven was the next lowest, and it was the Kings in like two thousand two or something. Like, obviously this will change, but all of that talk about like, hey, the Raptors don't have anyone who can go and get a bucket, like. They're relying on 6'1 Kyle Lowry, who is over the hill, who is too small to do this repeatedly, to be the only guy attacking the rim. Like, Siakam yeah. has not figured things out. Siakam's not gotten better offensively, unfortunately, and he was one, he, to date, he's one of nine in fourth quarters. Ooh. Like, the Raptors have no one who can drive. Like, the OG's improved as a shooter. He's a very good piece on that team. But the, the Raptors are really hurting for guys who can go get a bucket. And the next best option other than Kyle Lowry is probably the also small Fred Van Fleet, who's not a good finisher. So, I mean, I think the Raptors 
are not not that they're going to set the record for lowest free throw attempts ever, but I do think the Raptors are in trouble. Like they need, and I again like if they want to make the playoffs, I'm gonna I'm gonna say it like this: if they want to make the playoffs, they got to make a move. They got to get a wing that can drive. So you know where I'm gonna go with it. Shout, shout out to our guy S because it's something that I, if I'm not mistaken, he introduced on the timeline yesterday or the day before. Why not? I've, I mean, I pitched it. I've pitched. I've pitched the Pascal Siakam and Norman Powell package with mm-hmm. a pick. Like I, I could see it, but like Siakam's not really making. <laughs> Siakam's not making it easy for for Houston to be like, yeah, that's the guy we really want. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, but I mean, I I, I, I would I would weigh you know the last three years over you know this start. Okay, so 2019 when Kawhi is there and Pascal Siakam's the second option, he's averaging 17 a game. You know, he's regarded as a near-all-level defense kind of guy. Mm-hmm. And he's shooting 55% from the floor. His offense is controlled. It's not forced, right? Yeah. Like, and that's what happens when you get to be the second-slash-third option with Kyle there. Last year, asked to be the number one guy. He took 18 shots a game. His percentages dropped 10% from the floor, 1% from three, okay? It was significant. In the playoffs, all the jokes were made about how he only had the spin move. This so far this year in three games he's shooting forty percent from the floor. It's dropped another five percent. He's one of nine in the fourth quarter, and he's turning it over like four times a game. Mm. I mean, I pres- mean, it's been three games, but and I, I I do still really like Pascal Siakam, but his value is definitely taking a hit this last year. I you know honestly, part of me thinks that it hasn't. Like I like you know, to us and like you know to the conversation, but to a GM, I I would feel. I would expect them to see that the, you know the, the talent and the potential still there. Like I re- I recognize he's not like it's not like he's like 22, 23. Is, was he in the mid twenties? I think he's twenty six. Twenty six. Okay, so he's you know, he's getting up you know close to where folks yeah, are expected to be at, you know expected to be in their primer. Okay, so he's at that place. I still feel like there's you know that that, that there is room for improvement that, that he can, and in particular, kind of what you just alluded to. If you put him, if you set him up next to somebody that can set him up. So where it's not just him having to figure it out from the top of the key, you know, and and, and working his way in, I I, what, I I do think that that can you know that could, that could still be effective, and he can go back to spicy P instead of mild P. Instead of what? Instead of mild P? He's, he's mild P. You don't get spicy P. Oh. <laughs> it's a Popeyes <laughs> reference. Don't worry. He 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 was uh, he went from habanero P to Frank's. Exactly. Wait, do you guys have Popeyes chicken up there? Yeah, we do, but I've never had it. Oh my goodness! Okay, I like I, I actually. This is funny because like a month ago we drove by one. I was like, "We have a Popeyes up here." Like I, I didn't even know. Well, do you so, like fried chicken? Yeah, I, yeah. I, I actually was like, "We should give this a go." Americans love this shit, so I mean, it's maybe I got to give that a go. I'll report, I'll report back. I'll it's report greasy back. and craptastic, but it's it's worth a shot. It's worth. A okay, try. like don't don't slay me for asking. Uh oh. But my only point of reference, how is it compared to Kentucky Fried Chicken? Mm-hmm. So. It's, my, it's my only it's my only fast food chicken place that I've been to. No, <laughs> like it, 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 it's it's okay. I think it's better. I think it's significantly better. But I will acknowledge this: KFC chicken has gotten better than it was during my uh, like teenage years. During my teenage years, it was foamy and gross, and I and I kind of wrote it off and didn't go there for like fifteen years. But I had it about a year ago, and it's not terrible. But Popeyes is better. More spice, more flavor. And what's that other one that's really um, Chick Fil A? Oh yeah, they're um, okay. So I'm gonna be honest. Like I think Chick Fil A is overrated. Like I'm not saying it's bad. I'm not ridiculing anybody for you know go, you know going there because you know because of the you know the questionable politics and all of that. 
I'm just saying it's overrated. I, I haven't been there. I haven't been yeah. there either. I, I, that's one of the places I always, every time I go to the States, I'm like, I got to try Chick-fil-A. It just it's never wor- happens. So. It's worth trying. It's kind of it's yeah. kind of like this. Like people from LA, you know, like obviously I'm one of those folks. They want to they, they want everybody to swear that In and Out is the best. Now while I enjoy it, I understand it's not going to be for everybody. It's kind of like that. Like the South feels that way about Chick Fil A. Like oh, of course it's the best. And it's like, what the hell? Y'all are from the South. You should you should know that there's better chicken than this. <laughs> but I digress. Fair enough. Fair enough. That was our uh, detour into fast food. I, I honestly don't even know like what we have in Canada that would be of any interest because every time I go to the States, there's like 10 chains I've never heard of before mm. all in a row on one street. And I'm just like, never heard of any of these places. Like certain people that are locals here swear by them. Like you guys just have way more options for shit, You've seen shit us. food than we do. Yes. You've seen us, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's a reason for that. Yeah, there was like, I remember I was in Denver a couple years ago, and it was like McDonald's was next to an A&W, was next to something called a Jimmy John's, next to, (laughs) what's that, Chipotle, Uh next to Shake Shack, next to something else. It was like literally six fast food places just on a road, in a row. And I was like, how do you even... How? how? How do all these businesses survive? <laughs> like, uh, I, I say once again, you've seen yeah. us, right? <laughs> and for the re- listeners out there, if you're a chubby person, don't get offended. I said us because I'm talking about myself. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Um, okay, let, let's take a break. Let's let's have a word from our friends. When we come back, I'll, I'll hit you with a quiz. All right. The NBA is back in action and football is heading into the playoffs. You might not be the game this year, but you can still be in on the action at BetOnline. BetOnline is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off on wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day every day. Head to BetOnline today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at BetOnline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. 2020 has already reshaped how we work, and it's almost over. Businesses across the globe are challenged to be their most efficient, which means every hire is critical. Indeed is here to help. Indeed is the number one job site in the world with more total visits than any other job site according to Comscore. Indeed helps you find quality candidates quickly so you can focus on hiring the person you need to keep your business going. And now, Indeed's new way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job criteria. And you can contact them the moment you sponsor a job, making Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you do. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with the free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply. Whew. Okay, Jabari. <laughs> Charles Barkley. You know, like the TNT discourse, we've had this conversation. Mm-hmm. I know that no one is, is watching NBA TNT halftime shows hoping they can better understand the game of basketball. No. no nobody. They're there for the jokes. And I've, I've kind of mellowed on this. Like, I used to be, like, really virtuous and, like, <laughs> why do they even have jobs? They don't, you know, talk about anything of value. They suck, like... I used to be so mad about it, and now I'm like, you know what? It's funny sometimes to see Chuck and, and Shaq get their jokes off. Kenny's pretty dry. Ernie does a good job of like 
holding it down. But like, mm-hmm. it's it's not your no more about basketball show. That's not what that's for. No. However, however, <laughs> okay. This is see, I've, I've mellowed. I've mellowed. Right, like I gave the little preamble to show you how much I've mellowed, <laughs> so that I can say when NBA TNT puts out a clip, which must have been in one of the halftime games that I did not see because I skipped this show an awful lot of the time, um, and they basically quiz Chuck if you didn't see this, and I have it up on my uh, timeline. I take Jabari in it, mm-hmm. and they basically they have a spinner on the screen. They ask Charles Barkley. They give him five names of current NBA players in the league. And they ask Charles Barkley, who do, who do they play for as the spinner runs through the logo of every team in the NBA? And Charles Barkley has to guess. So if you haven't seen this, you're like, oh, well, you know, Charles Barkley watches basketball every day. He hangs out with basketball players all the time. Basketball's on his mind. He, he at least got four out of five. No? Okay, well, he's, I mean, three out of five. Any, any NBA fan can get three out of five. Two out of five? <laughs> One out of five? I'm watching this, I'm like, the man got zero out of five. And I'm going to say, like, if you hit me on the street right now with some, like, the two-way contracts and some of the rookies on non-lottery teams who haven't really got a lot of minutes yet, you might catch me up. You might. But, like, everyone he got asked was, like, an NBA veteran. Like, James Johnson, Ed Davis, Garrett Temple, guys who'd played, like, 10-plus years in the league. Uh, Solomon Hill. Um uh, I, I was I was pretty blown away. So I thought it'd be fun. I asked Jabari in advance just to uh, I did give him a bit of a warning, like, "Hey, I'm gonna hit you with this tonight." Um, I've got six names. Okay. All right. Okay. So I'm gonna I, I'll start with the first one. Should I count this down? Should I give you like five seconds, or is that too intense? Oh, jeez. I mean, <laughs> it's the end of the day. Let, let's let's have fun with it. Go for it. Okay. Just just don't just don't don't let me hear you typing. Don't, don't oh, man, be, come don't, on. I don't care. I don't care about getting it wrong. The people that listen to the show know damn well I don't mind. Go for it, man. <laughs> okay, first one. Glenn Robinson. Oh, Jesus. Uh, man, where the hell was he? Glenn Robinson plays for the the, the Kings. The Kings. Kings. Correct. Okay. Correct. One on one. I thought you were gonna start off there with a trip, but no, no, no. One on one. You already beat. I'm actually feel better. I'm actually nervous. I'm sitting here like, okay, I gotta get at least one. Yeah, you you already beat Charles Barkley. Okay, Okay. Michael Kidd Gilchrist. Oh man, Uh, that one I'm not gonna get. Um, Michael Kidd. Was he with? Was he with? No, he's not with Dallas. Ooh, now I sound like Chuck. (sighs) (laughs) He was with Dallas last year. Dog, is he in the league? Yeah, yeah he's, 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 he's with the Knicks. Oh, okay. Yeah. One, I, one and one. I don't even know if he's on the active roster, but the Knicks did sign him. Yeah. Okay. Let me check. Has he played? He has not played a minute yet. Um, uh, Jamal Crawford. Oh, he's out the league. Okay, there you I go. See him, that, I, that, that, I, I, see, I see him on the timeline on a daily basis with another day, another opportunity. I, I love you, Jamal. Shout out. Yeah, answer, that, that was, answer, my was, DMs, answer my DMs so you can come on this show. You, you, knew, you knew the trick question was, uh, uh-huh. was coming. Okay, Justin Jackson, another former Maverick. Justin Jackson. Hold on. Uh, the Pistons. No. Okay, see, he's with the Thunder. Oh, okay. Wait, wait, who is that? Who is that with the Pistons? The 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 dude that Josh Jackson. Josh Jackson. Okay, hey, yeah. you know that happens. 
Josh Jackson's actually playing pretty well to start y- the year. Yes, he is. Shout out to Pistons Twitter. H- happy for Pistons Twitter. Gorgie Jang. Wait, actually, I just saw him. He's in Memphis. He is in Memphis. Yeah. Okay. He's in Memphis. Um, and last one. So you are three of five, which is which is pretty good. I'll get yeah, you. you know. Um, so six question. Thon McCare. Not Maker, by the way. Mm-hmm. McCare. So last year he was. Let me see. Last year he was in. I thought he was in Detroit. Um. He went to. I think I even saw him playing in the preseason. Unless I, unless I'm completely off. Uh, he's in the Eastern Conference. He's. <laughs> I'm gonna narrow it down. <laughs> either the Cavs or the Bulls. I, I honestly think it's either the Cavs or the Bulls. Okay, it's it's the Cavs. I'll get. I'll give you. Hey, I'll give you, you a half point for a groan and a double guess. So. Three and a half out of six. <laughs> not, not terrible. It's not terrible. And plus, like, come on, man. It's not like we're thinking about these guys like very often. Like, and, and I got to say, know. like, I'm definitely thinking about this more than you because, like, when you play daily fantasy sports, yes. you're always combing through. Like, I literally look at every roster every day, and I'm like, who, who would play minutes if this guy is hurt? <laughs> like, today, for example, I was like, is Gorgie Jang going to get 25 minutes tonight if the Grizzlies get blown out against the Celtics? That was uh, a real question that I was asking myself. So, um, yeah. I mean, they are getting blown out so far. They're down like 18 already. <laughs> the, the Celtics were a minus six. And I was like, my God, man, I would I, I would think about minus 16. Like the, the Grizzlies <laughs> without John Morant. Yeah. I was, I was like, if all the boring ratings discussions that we have, mm-hmm. I would like to know the direct impact on the ratings for the Memphis Grizzlies in games where... I wish some side tracked this. Like when John Morant plays, the ratings mm-hmm. are X, and when he doesn't play, the ratings are Y. And what a great talking point that would be for contract negotiations for players. I would bet that if you know if there's no outlet that does it, I bet uh, agents track that somehow. I don't. Yeah, I don't know how you I could want, get like, but maybe maybe they have the relationships to kind of yeah to kind of like yeah make that from work. the TV networks or not. not. Not just him, but also, you know, uh, JJ, uh, Triple J. So without both of them, yeah, I, I, I would I would venture to, you know, to, to guess that not very many folks are watching that. Yeah. And like, again, like I, I would I would just love to do that. Like, you know, I love how do the Lakers look with LeBron on and AD off? Mm-hmm. How do the uh, the Mavericks look with Luka playing, KP not playing from a network ratings perspective? And how do they look playing together? And I don't know. It would be interesting to look at. I'm a nerd. I'm a basketball nerd. That's okay. Um, let's do this. I want to go eat some food, so let's 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 yep. wrap our countdown. Mm-hmm. Twenty twenty. Your five favorite things you watched. You've already told me I could pick TV and movies. Um, so hit me with your honorable mention. Uh, honorable mention is Hunters. I know that you didn't like it, and it was up and down. I really <laughs> liked it, and I and I'm still looking forward to season two. You damn right. I want to see what Adolph is going to do. Yeah, <laughs> Hunters, which was like very. <laughs> Which had like a, a a whoa moment, and then tried to outwoe themselves with a returned Adolf Hitler, forty years older, hiding in Argentina. Um, no. Oh, no, jokes aside, um, Lovecraft Lovecraft Country is my honorable mention on HBO. Kind of sci-fi. I don't think you watched it yet. If you haven't, you should probably no. still check it out. It's good. I just got a Crave subscription back. 
which mm-hmm. is like my equivalent of HBO Max. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to catch up on all of the HBO shows the next you know, Good stuff. couple months. Good stuff. Let me know uh, if you need recommendations. I'm, I've watched all of them. <laughs> yeah, I believe you. I'm the same with Amazon Prime. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I watched a lot of shows this year. Not a lot that were made this year, so I stuck with things that were this year. Uh, Shit's Creek Season 6 was my honorable mention. Nice. Yeah. Nice. I'm, I'm a couple seasons behind, but I, it, it always delivers. Yeah, it, it it is not just because it's Canadian. It, it's just legitimately funny. The characters are mostly enjoyable, except for Mora, who is not enjoyable <laughs> and is the only person who doesn't grow through six seasons. Like they all start out kind of miserable. Mm-hmm. She's the only one who stays true to her. So if that appeals, to I you. can appreciate it. Um, uh, if, I wonder if the listeners know like the story behind that show, like that damn near everybody on the cast is related. Uh yeah, like uh. Not not Moira though. Wait, hold on. Eugene Levy. Eugene Levy. Yeah, I'm gonna, let me get the yeah. character. Yeah, and his names. son and daughter are both in it as well. Oh, uh, he's but got two. He's got two daughters in it. Twyla is his daughter as well. Yes, Twyla's his daughter. But who's the other one? His his daughter on the show is his daughter. I didn't know. Pretty sure it is. No. I'll look it. I'll look it up while you, while you go on. Okay. Well, you're up next. Who's your fifth? My fifth is Insecure, HBO product, Issa Rae, absolutely fantastic. It's in season. It was season four this year. It's like one of those things where you know, for one, you know how it is when you when you when you finally get some representation that looks like you and sounds like you, and you can actually relate to it. It was that show for me when it you know when it first came out. And I and yeah. I'll be honest, I thought like, okay, let's see how this is going to go. Let's see if the if the if the masses will appreciate it. Well, they have, and it's fantastic. So anybody that hasn't checked it out, you should. Yeah, and so two two things on that. No, Annie Murphy, who plays Alexis, is not his daughter. It's not? Oh. No, but Tw- Twyla, the character Twyla, Sarah Levy, is his daughter, and, and Daniel, who plays David Rose, is his son. Got it. All right, yeah. I had it off because I thought um, it would work. And no, I can't, I, can't, I can't say I the first show, I never quite registered what was the first show where I looked at people and related to me, but... Uh, but you can understand why that I can understand be, where yeah. for you yeah. <laughs> I was like nope that people were always white people were always white oh, oh, white you were good what, what about white entertainment yeah, television yeah. try nope, all the every, other channels every animated princess I ever had a crush on was white so yeah there yeah. you go yeah. uh, <laughs> what's your number five my number five was uh, Mandalorian season two nice and Honestly, I'm almost done. I'm on season six of Clone Wars now. Um, I've been making my way through that through the year. Watching Clone Wars has made Star Wars so much more fun. And like the little nuggets that like Star Wars nerds got in Mandalorian, getting some of those in the seasons made it that much more enjoyable. I'm still, I still have not started it. I'm going to, you know me, I'm going to blitz through both seasons and be right there with you. Yeah, it, it's, it's definitely worth a watch. And like, again, like my fiance. I'm making her watch Star Wars right now. Like, literally, we're on the third movie. Um, nice. Making her watch it right now over the break, but she you, had never watched any Star Wars properties whatsoever and loves Mandalorian. Now, it's just you, like a fun adventure story. Are you going in order of release or in order of, like, the story? See, I was going to go in order of, uh, of the story, and then when I threw it out to Twitter, people were telling me, I forget what the order is, but we watch it so, like, the reveal doesn't get ruined. So we watched episode one, mm-hmm. then four, five. So she finds out that little Annie becomes Vader. Mm-hmm. Now we've gone back to two, three. Okay. Then we'll wrap with six, seven, eight, nine. Gotcha, gotcha. I always but, wondered. Yeah, so seven, eight, nine, or I, I can't even. I'm not a seven, eight, nine guy, so we'll see. 
Uh, yeah. I might stop her at six. We'll, <laughs> we'll see how much, if she wants to keep going. Um, you're number four. My number four is The Boys Season 2. Like, all right, so season one was great. And, you know, I looked, well, it was, the truth of the matter is, I was late to the party on season one. Then once I watched it, I was like, okay, hurry the hell up, let me get to season two. Season two was great. It had all types of, you know, interesting and fun social commentary, you know, things that were, you know, relevant to, very much relevant, you know, to today. Um, but it had a lot of a lot of nice twists. You finished it, right? I did, yes. Okay, I, I don't want to ruin it for you at least, but it had a lot of nice twists, and I really appreciated that fight scene in the finale. That was that, that was one of my favorite fight scenes I've seen in, in a minute. Um, I'll talk. I, it's coming for me. Okay. So my number four is actually the Last Dance. Nice. Uh, which, like, I, I'm not a, I'm not a documentary type guy, but like, given that you know I'm a basketball nerd, and the fact that like it was in the middle of a pandemic and it really stole the show um, as those episodes were happening from a social perspective. I, it all added in, man. I had a lot of fun watching that show. I had a lot of fun getting jokes off as that show was going on. I thought it add some, added some color. I learned a few things that I didn't already know. I enjoyed watching other people learn in real time things that I already knew. <laughs> it was a fun experience, man. So since it's coming up for me, I'll just go ahead and talk about it for the you know, like right. I'll piggyback right with you. Um, it was what we all needed. Like I, I get it if you're not a docu- you know documentary guy. Uh, I am. I actually you know love documentaries. You know whether it's about history or you know sports or whatever the case may be. Um, I, I'm that nerd. That you know that that's my jam. Uh, but it, it gave me everything I needed. You know it, it shed light for the folks that weren't necessarily around, you know, in order to appreciate Michael Jordan in all of his splendor. It also shed light, you know, for us, you know, like I didn't know some of those stories. I didn't know, you know, some of the backstory with his dad. In fact, um, I, I was actually, you know, really, you know, really interested in that. And I, I kind of, I, I might end up looking into it a little bit more in order to, you know, see if, there, you know, see if there's additional information out there. But no, I, I loved it. Um, I, I don't, I'm not one of those folks that grew up, you know, watching Jordan that says like, oh, my God, he's, you know, he is God and it doesn't matter. No, I liked seeing the human side of him. I liked, I appreciated that. So, yeah, it, it, it's my number three. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. That, that slid in the wall. Yeah. Um, my number three is the Borat sequel. Nice. And <laughs> I like, again, I like most of the years, I don't think it would be in there. Mm-hmm. But the Borat sequel was legitimately funny. I went in with almost... No expectations, which is the best way to view anything. Like, I thought, you know, if nothing else, there'll be a wave of nostalgia. There's not a lot else coming out right now. Um, And it completely blew me away. It stayed true to, you know, what it was before. It was being being equally crude in 2020 (laughs) was a feat of its own, man. Yeah, Borat, Borat number two. It did not make my list, but I probably should have mentioned it as my um, honorable in the honorable mention slot, specifically because I enjoyed it so much. Uh, Borat Two was fantastic. I and I'm gonna keep it real with you. I didn't think we needed that. Like when I first heard that, that you, there was another Borat coming out, I was like, why? Like honestly, just like why? Um, and and it, it, I like Sasha Baron Cohen. It's not that I was against it. It was just more of like, yeah, we get it. We you know we know that story. It 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 somehow. He, you know, and and by somehow meaning, you know, he's supremely talented. Uh, somehow, it still knocked it out the park, even though we all knew what was coming. So, that's a good choice. Um. <laughs> uh, so, 
Your number two. My number two is a Netflix um, and Spike Lee production. It is The Five Bloods. It's a story, you know, for anybody that's not aware of it, we, you know, we actually discussed it on the show, you know, months ago now. Uh, but it's a story of a group of veter- uh, Vietnam vets traveling back to Vietnam in order to, you know, take, I, I, and I don't want to give it away, take care of some unfinished business and also kind of like exercise some demons. Uh, really, really good. Great cast. Delroy Lindo, uh, Isaiah Whitlock, Mr. She from The Wire. Um, Chadwick Boseman, like it's really, really, really good. So, I mean, was that Chadwick's last movie? Uh, it was one of them. Yeah, yeah. If not the last one, it was definitely one of them. Just another thing, twenty twenty took. Eh? Yeah. Um, my number two is Palm Springs. Have you seen Palm Springs? I have, and I loved it. Oh my gosh, man, it was so good. Mm-hmm. It was legitimately, legitimately good. It's my not like. You know, I want to look right now in the movie ratings list what I had. Like, I, I've probably had a 90-level movie every year. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to have one this year unless one of the three, uh, our guy John, the Magic fan, put out some of his no- movies. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen Synchronic yet. I want to see that. Mm-hmm. I also want to see Another Round, or two movies I haven't watched from 2020 that I'd really like to see. Okay. I doubt either is going to be a 90-plus Palm Springs isn't a 90 plus, but man, it, it's a very enjoying movie, enjoyable movie. Kind of like Wedding Crashers meets Groundhog Day. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it was it was really surprisingly quite a great movie. I think when we discussed it a few months ago, we described it as like like Groundhog Day for millennials. But yeah, like that's essentially what it was. And I, I like the little twist that they you know that they throw in there. So it's not too much of like you know, it's not too like ground you know, Groundhog Day. Uh, but no, it's very good. It's enjoyable, and it's, it's actually one of those movies that you can watch, you know, repeatedly. Uh, what did you? Huh? What did you give it out of a hundred? I don't remember. I'd have you're getting to lazy. You're getting lazy on the movie list, man. Yeah, Come on. I am. You know how it goes. Come on. <laughs> um, I gave an eighty-three. Like it's it, it's a really quality movie. It was a good find. Yeah. Um, what's your number one? All right, now this could be recency bias, but I just watched. A movie last night that I absolutely think should wow. have should get Oscar uh, discussion should be in the, in the conversation for several different Oscars. Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. It's a Netflix production. It is the Netflix telling of blues artist Ma Rainey's story. Now, obviously, it's a you know it's 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 you know a, a dramatic you know rendition of it. So there's some things in there that don't didn't necessarily take place that way. But it's 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 a fascinating story. It is produced by Denzel. It's you know uh, starring you know um, Viola Davis, Chadwick Boseman once again. Chadwick Boseman will win an Oscar. That is my prediction for his ro- for his role in this movie. I actually have never heard of it until mm-hmm. just now, and um, I'll check it out. I gotta say, man, like one of the genres I I least enjoy or I'm like at least least interested in is music movies. Mm-hmm. It like the the me like I have a really tough time, and and like a lot of the time you watch the movie and it gets it gets Oscar hype, and then you watch it, and you're like, oh, I don't know, why I was so hesitant to watch this movie, but like because I'm not a, a super music fan, like. I don't have any attachment to like most of the artists that they get these movies made. I always have a hard time getting into them, but it's still worth it. The music is secondary in this, like it, like, and you'll see when you, now. Now let me ask this: Do you like plays, or can, do you do you, do you can can you stomach plays? Because like Fences, and this is also written by the same playwright that you know, wrote Fences. Obviously, the same connection, Denzel and Viola. Um, it it plays out even more so like a play. Very good in the same way that like say Twelve Angry Men. Both the original and the remake, you know, like sure. they're, they're shot like a play. Uh, it's the same. 
Um, so if you can if you can get past that and that doesn't bother you, I honestly think I honestly think at the very least you'll enjoy it and appreciate the storytelling. Okay, I mean I'll I'll, I'll give it a go. I'll yep. give it a go. Um, my number one was The Boys season two. Nice. Okay. I was I was gripped by it. I was super busy at the time when I finally got to watching it, but I was legitimately looking forward to getting home, grabbing some food, putting on the next episode. Um, absolutely loved it. Has me super excited for season three. Um, man, Homelander is just... <laughs> he's such a polarizing villain. You want him to get his, his just rewards so badly. The way that the story's woven into like our idea of what it would be like in real life to have them is fantastic. Um, and again, man, like the thoughts and prayers... The play of thoughts and prayers. And <laughs> if you haven't seen it, the scene where... He's at the press conference and, and um, mm-hmm. has the premonition of what it could be like if he let it all go, which is fantastic. Uh, yeah, that, that was number one for me this year. He's absolutely going to open up one day. That's going to happen. Yeah. I don't want to give that away, but that's going to happen. Never looked um, so forward to uh, somebody unloading the clip. Yep. You know, like it's going gonna, it's <laughs> gonna to be great television. Um, yeah, that'll do it for us, man. Uh, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a bonus show this week. I'm going to have my guy Krishna Narzu on to talk about his new metric um, over at the B-Ball Index. It is LeBron, all capital. I'm going to give him hell for that name. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to ask him to explain it to us us peasants. And uh, yeah, so I'll look for that in your feeds on Saturday or Sunday. Uh, if you haven't yet, please like, rate, subscribe, and review the pod. Thank you, and we'll catch you next time.